Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. This podcast is brought to you by The Network Salon. The Network Salon is a 10,000 square foot booth rental salon located in Southington, Connecticut. The network is absolutely amazing. If you're a new guest looking for a stylist, go to our site, thenetworksalon.com and click book now to be matched up with the artist for you. If you're an independent artist looking to make a move and come work with us at The Network, we do have a couple of stations left after our expansion and then we are full. We hope to meet you soon. Visit our website, thenetworksalon.com and click careers to download our network career PDF. We can't wait to see you soon and hope you have an amazing day. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I am Gina Bianca, and today I have one of my amazing friends interviewing here on the show, and his name is Brian Boudelier. Brian is an amazing hairdresser, an amazing person, and I've been working with Brian for like five years now, and we've known each other for over a decade And I'm so excited that we had time to do this because Brian is a busy beaver. He's so busy all the time. And he's just um, a super successful stylist and has the most loyal, amazing, incredible clients. And I'm so excited that we actually had the time to sit down so Brian can share his story with you guys and so that he can share, you know, how he built that amazing clientele. So everybody, this is Brian. Welcome, Brian, to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Woo, welcome. So, Brian, I'm so excited, and I want you to just kind of share how you got into the industry, share your story. Um, I know that we met at Paul Mitchell School, and it goes it, it goes back. So, please, tell everybody. Way back. Yeah, so even just, like, tell, tell people how you got into this. Um, so, I've always, ever since I was a little kid, have always been super creative and artistic. Um, and it runs in my family. I have a lot of artists in my family. And, you know, art was my favorite subject in school. Actually, it was really the only one I liked in school. Um, so college just wasn't the right path for me. And uh, so I started looking at art schools, and I kind of was just unmotivated by what my future would lead me to. So I actually had a friend who was at Paul Mitchell the school. She was a couple years older than me. And she asked me to volunteer to be her model for a haircut. So I went to the school and as soon as I walked in, I just loved the environment and it just kind of fell in my lap, but that's what felt right. So I took a chance and here I am. Amazing. When did you graduate? Uh, Paul Mitchell, I graduated in 2008. 2008. So it has been over a decade that you've been a stylist and a successful stylist. What did you do after hair school? So my first job actually was at a salon, which was owned by the same family that owned our school. And I went through a very vigorous training program there. And I worked there for almost six years. Um, Yeah. Did you go through like an intense assisting program? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So, you know, we start off 
really just kind of shadowing and learning, you know, basic housekeeping, basic manners um, to appear professional. That was the main goal for our salon. You know, we wanted everybody to be really professional. Um, you know, some would say it was robotic to an, an extent. Um, and, you know, I agree with that, but I think now that I'm a little bit older, I have more of an appreciation for, you know, that robotic experience that we had to kind of go through and be trained into, um, because it really laid out the foundation for what we need to know and how we should act. Um, and, you know, clients notice that sort of stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, as you kind of get comfortable with that, then you can sort of let your personality shine through. And, um, but yeah, I, I have an appreciation for how tough and vigorous it was. If you asked me back then, I would have had a much different answer. Um, I thought it was kind of torturous, but, but, you know, I wouldn't be the stylist I am today if I didn't have that. Yeah. And you know, Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany is a very good friend of mine. Yeah. And Tiffany was my mentor at Jessica's color room. And I started working at Jessica's and Tiffany was my mentor. She was the person I trained under. Um, She only worked like 12 hours a week, but I would Mm -hmm. work her night shift with her. And it was like four to eight, four to eight, four to eight. And she would see two guests and she would like my assist. I, I feel like she kind of duplicated that kind of assisting foundation, excuse me, that mm-hmm. foundation. And I remember like, you know, I stood behind her out of sight from the mirror with my hands a certain way. Like we don't cross our arms. No, um, absolutely not. Right. Like at GBH, I used to like grab people's arms and put them down and be like, you're making me nervous. <laughs> and now yeah. I don't think you can touch people like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right, I right. mean, but at GBH, like if I would, I would stop foiling, turn around, I'd be like, put them down. You're making me nervous. And then they'd never mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that moment of like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. so like, for me, my training with Tiffany was rigorous And I was talking about this at my class yesterday or Sunday. And I was just like, I wouldn't be the stylist that I am if I didn't have that foundation, because that is like, and I love that you said it's robotic, but like it's systematic. And like, they always say like, people Mm -hmm. don't fail systems fail. So it's like, this is how you do it. And then I like how you said, like, you let your personality shine through after. And I think people really miss out today. Like, I think that stylist graduating school, like really missed the boat on that like there's not a lot of salons hiring there's not a lot of training programs there's not a lot of like really dedicated salon owners who are like managing a training program right. and there's a lot of people going straight from beauty school to booth rental yeah yeah i mean i think that you know when i hear situations where students are just graduating school and going into booth rental i'm immediately just like no way. There's no way. It took me so long to build up and get to a place where I felt comfortable and confident to rent. Um, but it's a totally different world that we're in. You know, I didn't have the beauty of social media and, you know, those sort of networking and marketing tools. Um, I literally had to just go into a salon with no clients and build from nothing. Yeah. Um, but you know, touching back on, on your training, I think you, out of anybody who didn't work at my first salon, you know what 
I'm talking about. You experienced it because Tiffany, out of anybody that I think has ever worked there, was the most diligent about taking the tools that she learned there and using them in all of the other places that she's been. Mm-hmm. So I know that you get what I'm talking about. I totally get it. And, you know, that I think it's such a gift, even though it's like miserable during because like the first time <laughs> yeah. she sent me home, like yeah. I would she'd be like, you smell like a fucking cigarette, like get out. Oh, God, that never would have been tolerated. Yeah. She'd be like, get out, like go home. Yep. She you can't touch my you can't be around my guests like this. And I was yeah. like. And then it's like the 45 minute drive home crying. Right. And you probably thought she was being so mean and overdramatic. But you know what but... she did? She would call me mm-hmm. after and mm-hmm. she would download with me. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be the salon owner I am today without Tiffany because mm-hmm. I learned like number one, how to anticipate her needs, assisting her. And mm-hmm. I learned the beautiful gift of tough love because it's like such a gift to tell someone straight like yeah. she's the queen of that but it's it's an emphasis on the love part because she does truly do everything purely out of like love and her want for you to grow and be better mm-hmm. it's never like- out of frustration or anger Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a burnt out salon owner, I've definitely done things out of frustration and anger, but I think mm-hmm. that for the most part with my training that I've done, it, it's just been like, I just want you to succeed. And I don't want, I don't want a guest to notice this, you know, right. like it, it's, it's intense, you know, being a stylist is intense and like the whole being professional and manners and like those little things that mean a lot, like those are the things that like a really good assistant program, a really good mentor will help you get like ahead so much quicker. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Yeah. Like I said I- before, it's, you know, it's so tough when you're going through it and a lot of people don't make it. Um, but looking back, I realize, you know, I see other stylists who don't have training just in professionalism alone. And that was drilled into us. I see that and I just see such a difference in, you know, their clientele, the way they operate, just their, you know, daily manners. It's just it's kind of crazy to see because of where I came from. Um, I guess I just value that a lot. Yeah. And I think that's a huge reason why you are so successful and booked. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that what every stylist wants, as much as they want independence, is security and financial security. I think everybody Mm -hmm. wants that financial security and independence. And you have both. I don't mm-hmm. want to speak for you, but like I, you're busy, consistent, like you are doing it. Yeah. And like, I think that that's what so many people want. And it's like, you know, I love that you say like, it took you a while to get there. How long would you recommend somebody assist for? Um, I mean, you know, me personally, I think my assistant program was about a year. But I did, you know, they sort of, it's kind of like when you're training a dog. You know, I hate to say it that way, but it really kind of is. You have to start with the basics. And once they get the basics down, then you can give them a little bit more freedom, a little more flexibility. And 
you know, then you see them, they know the basics and now they can start to kind of go out on their own and you give them a little more freedom. So, you know, my assistant program, yes, it was a year long, but I probably started taking clients, you know, within the first three months, I would say, but they would limit, like you have these five hours this week to take clients. It's up to you to fill them. So if you don't fill them, then you're not going to get the experience. And so I wanted that because I wanted to move up as quickly as I could. So, you know, they give you a little bit, but you've got to take it and run with it. Um, so, yeah, I think learning the basics is so, so important. Um, but you also don't want to have an assistant program where you're not taking clients because you're not getting the real experience working face to face with people because that's how you're going to build. You build relationships and then they're excited to see that you're new and you're growing and those clients want to refer people to you. Um, so yeah, I think it's very, very important to have an assistant program, kind of like a hybrid system where you're shadowing, you're assisting, you're maybe doing some like sit down, like classroom time. Um, and then also behind the chair. Yeah. I love that. I like the sit down in classroom time. Oh my God. That, that was the most frustrating for me, I think, because I'm not a school person. I hated school. I hated like sitting down and books and listening to lectures, but I also am a very visual person. And so being able to see on paper certain things that we need to do kind of helped me click. I could just picture like what I saw during our classroom time and then utilize it when I'm taking a client back to shampoo. I remember filling out the diagram, how we're going to do our massage, the system we use for that. Um, so I think you have to kind of touch on all points. It's really valuable. And it's like different learning types too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think oh, that's, that's neglected amazing. a lot. I think a lot of people who do training, the trainers tend to follow their own learning type when they're teaching. And that's a big missed opportunity. Yeah. No, you're totally right. So after that salon, you moved on to GBH and talk nope. about that. No, wait, oh, I did you have... didn't, you went in between. So talk yes. about, so talk about that. So my in-between salon, that was, it was a really interesting experience. I was there for two and a half years. Um, it was nothing like my first salon. It was a lot of um, moms that had kids, so they had flexible schedules. They kind of came and went. Um, and it was more of a like in and out, like make money, be fast and do a good job. Um, and I came from a place where like, I like to take my time and I book extra time. Um, and so that was really, really challenging for me, especially because I had only known one salon and I was there for six years. So when I left and I was thrown in a different environment, I really kind of struggled um, and I started to get really stressed because I would run behind. Timing was different. Um, and so I started to kind of think like, maybe this isn't what I want to do because to make more money, you have to be faster and see more clients. It's kind of what I thought was the only option. Um, yeah, so I kind of struggled there, but you know, I'm very lucky that my salon owner was super understanding. So she did let me kind of adjust my timing and sort of do my own thing because I came with a full clientele. They didn't have to give me anybody. 
So I think she sort of said, you know what, take your clients, do what they know, do what you're comfortable with, do what they're comfortable with. And so that was, you know, it was a good experience. I'm, I'm glad I had that. Everyone followed you. Yeah. Why do you think that? I is? mean, well, one, it was next door, which was a little shady maybe, but um, no, I think mostly it's because just the way I talk to my clients, you know, I value relationship before I value what I do to their hair even. Um, and so I became family to a lot of them. I see that. Like, if everybody listening, I just want you to know that nobody on the fucking planet gets more Christmas gifts than Brian. <laughs> Lots of wine and cards and cookies and... <laughs> nobody yeah. gets more Christmas gifts. I'm, like, jealous. It's like on Valentine's <laughs> Day if someone gets a lot of flowers or something. I'm yeah, like, right. damn. <laughs> I need to step my game up. <laughs> you do. You get, like, literally in mm -hmm. the equivalent... You Like, you have those relationships like you are family to them mm -hmm. why do you think that is is do you value their relationship what do you talk about you talk about them their life or your um, life yeah I mean you know when you meet somebody new client or not you usually start with like boring small talk right but I try to get that out of the way as fast as possible and so I feel like even within a 45 minute appointment, I've really gotten to know my client because I get the small talk out of the way, like in the first 10 minutes. And then it's like, okay, you know, it's not just, oh, do you have any kids? Yeah, cool. It's like, okay, tell me about your kids because that's what they're most proud of. And then they're going to tell me about like where their kid's going to college. And I say, oh, cool. I know so-and-so who went to the same school how's their experience and, and and you just kind of it's a flow and I think it's kind of a skill that you just kind of have to have I think you can learn it but um it's just a conversational skill and you just kind of focus on what's important to them and talk about that with them and then it makes them realize that like hey I'm not just here to cut their hair I care about who they are and who they love and who's in their life and what they're going through um I've always been like that. I think I'm a lot like my mom. My mom is like the most talkative, sweetest person I've ever known in my entire life. So I'm a lot like that. But yeah, but it's 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 more about just like trying to fill your time. It's actually going deeper and trying to get to know who are you actually with. So when they walk out the door, you're going to remember them. And I think that's another key is when they come back, I remember them. So I remember what we talked about. And that usually after their second appointment, they're just like shocked. Like, oh my God, you remembered my kid. You remembered her name. You remember what school she goes to. You know, you remembered my vacation I was talking about that I was so excited about. Um, or, you know, a death I had in my family. You remember to ask me about that. Um, so I think, you know, good conversation skills and a good memory is really the biggest part do you write stuff down never i've never had to i guess that's a big tip um i was taught this is a tip if you have a bad memory write things down put notes in people's files i have always been gifted with a good memory i never have to do that i can meet somebody once 
and then in two months see them again, I'll remember exactly what we talked about. I don't even write formulas down for anybody. I, I never wrote formulas down. At GBH, I made everybody write them down. So like they would chase me down to get my formulas. So I can't say I never mm-hmm. have. But when it comes to like, I don't have that like strength mm-hmm. with, and I'm like, okay to say that, you know what I mean? Like I'm so yeah. focused on their hair, the technique, we're like filming it. And it's like, that is a completely mm-hmm. different fucking vibe of an appointment Yes, and a relation. Yes. It's like not even as a deep relationship. It's very surface. Like I'm asking them like, do you like Lady Gaga? I'm asking them mm-hmm. like, do you, oh, did you watch the <laughs> Grammys? Like I'm literally like keeping it on the surface and you're going deeper mm-hmm. and getting to know them. And that's why yeah. I feel like Elise and I were talking about you yesterday. Cause I was just like, oh yeah, guess who my guest on the podcast is <laughs> Brian Boudelier. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, ask him how he's never lost a client. <laughs> unless they die. He's like, she's like, ask him how he's never lost a client unless they die. <laughs> and I think that's like an amazing answer though. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I've definitely lost a lot of clients. We all do. Some people you just don't vibe with. Some people move away or like when I've moved away, um, you know, I think especially with some clients I've had, I can think of a few in particular that when I made the move to another town, it was just a little too far and inconvenient for them. But I already had such a good rapport with them that like I was devastated when I lost a client. Um, But I think because of the way that I build relationships with people, even if they're not in my chair, a lot of them were friends through social media. And we still, even if I don't do their hair, we're still following each other's lives. And um, that's so important to me. That's my, that's honestly my favorite part of this entire industry is the relationships that I build with people. I love it. Yeah. And you're friends with like all of the people you worked with. Like you have those like long AF friendships and relationships and you actually like go out to dinner with people and like hang out with them Mm -hmm. and like you make the time, like you're totally Mm -hmm. like relationship driven and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, And it's not easy. It takes effort. You know, it takes a lot of effort, but I think, you know, maybe if a coworker I used to work with and haven't worked with in over five years, I think about them in just like a little instant, I send them a text and then maybe we set up a dinner date and we go together and then we spend a few hours together. Um, but all it took was that one little second when you think of them to send a text. You know, that's really um, great advice. Cause mm-hmm. I think of people all the time and I don't text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because yeah, I don't want you know, to either. It, it's just because I'm like, my brain is in 80 different places. You know that. You know me really yep. well. So it's like, yep. but that one second of just like, hey, I'm just going to shoot a text. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like nothing, but it really, that one little thing, it does take effort. Because if mm-hmm. you don't do it, then, you know, maybe another year goes by that you don't talk to that person. Y'all send a text. Before you know it. Send a text. If you're thinking of someone, just send a text. Send a text. It means a lot. Is that I the name it. of this? Is that the name of this episode? <laughs> send a text. I love it. If somebody just texts me, one of my friends who I haven't talked to in a while, and they're like, "Hey, miss you. Thinking of you." That makes my day. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I realize that they value their relationship with me, and that's what drives me. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. So you went from a place with a lot of structure, a lot of systems. Yep. To a place with more freedom, more flexibility, not a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. And then you moved on. And why did you move on? Um, if you're open, so, you know, I know I'm just j- throwing questions at yeah, you, but oh, I just yeah, love, I love your, I love your journey, Brian. And I think yeah, that I it's, love sharing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the salon that I was at, um, we had one pricing level and, you know, I respect the owner a lot for, um, for having that system only because she felt like I'm no better than anybody here. So we all charge the same prices. This is our price for a haircut if you come to the salon. And I think, you know, she she is a great person. She's super humble. Um, and so I really have a lot of respect for that. But I also felt like I was so busy. I was fully booked. And these were my prices. I had no more room to grow. So it really was financial growth that I was looking for. And so I went to GBH. And GBH was a team-based pay salon. Yes. So that was a whole new topic for me. Yeah. I knew nothing about it. I thought it was absolutely crazy. And I thought I was taking a huge leap of faith, which, you know, I was. Um, But yeah, I knew nothing about it. Well, you worked a lot with strategies because you moved into leadership at GBH. What do you think? Yes. Tell me about your experience there. And you can be totally authentic. Like you could be completely real. I'd Mm -hmm. love to know what you think of team-based, especially for like today's world. Like what are the benefits? What are the cons as an employee standpoint? And even in the leadership standpoint, like what were your challenges with employees or anything you'd like to share just on team-based and that the whole experience at GBH? Um, so, you know, when I first came to GBH, you kind of explain the whole system of like team-based pay and how it works and, and the benefits and um, why it benefits, um, you know, maybe less busy, like newer stylists, why it allows for other benefits that a lot of salons don't offer, paid vacation, um, paid sick days, um, education, health insurance, you know, health insurance. Yeah. I mean, it allowed for a lot of amazing things. And, and so I do understand it and I it has a place absolutely has a place in our industry um and you know once I started I think because I came with so many clients within the first month you were like whoa I'm not paying you enough and you just like threw a ton more money at me and so I was like yeah team-based pay is sweet (laughs) um but I realized it was because the money that I was bringing in, yes, you were able to pay me more, but it also was allowing for our entire team to experience more than most salons are. Um, So that was really, really cool. Once I kind of saw the value, once I started taking strategies classes, it was super eye-opening. But, you know, I I think rental is becoming a lot more prevalent in the industry too. It's very, very tempting. It's very enticing. And because you can make a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, and, you know, the, f- the financial freedom and the flexibility and 
the lack of, um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but the lack of having somebody over your head or a boss is, I mean, it doesn't compare to anything. I mean, I have to be honest as an independent, like as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like I couldn't fucking imagine working for somebody else ever again. Yeah. I would never go back. I wouldn't. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't experience working for somebody that doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy it and do it for your entire life. Uh, but for me personally, I would never go back. Well, you did it as an employee for a decade. You've been renting for two years. Yeah. So you did it for 10 years and you got, and you know what, Brian, I think that one of the big reasons for you, correct me if I'm wrong, you're able to enjoy these deep relationships with your guests. I'm sure you'd be able to enjoy them no matter what, but I'm sure you can go deeper with them because you're so confident in your skill. Yeah. um, Like you're not focusing on like a major and you know, your client, like you're not taking people who are like five hour corrections. You're not doing these like trend services. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about your ideal customer. Who's your, who's Brian's ideal customer. (laughs) My ideal customer is a middle-aged working woman who gets, who has gray. I'm going to do her gray coverage every four to six weeks. And she's got a short haircut or a bob, um, maybe likes to come for a blowout on the weekends because she doesn't feel like doing her own hair. Patty? Um, <laughs> yeah, Patty. Oh, Patty is a dream client to anybody mm-hmm. um, because she also refers people because That's she me. talks about me. Oh, yeah. She and a lot of people. I have a lot of clients like her, but they will talk about me. They're like, oh, my God, I just went and got my hair done. Look how good I look. They're like, who's your guy? She's like, he's my guy. You'll never get in. Don't don't even try. You'll never get in. And then they're like, well, now I have to get in. Who is he? Um, Who is Brian Boudelier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's my ideal client. It's just like a middle-aged working woman who is, you know, financially stable, who's going to be consistently coming to see me and refer their friends. Sounds kind of like, you know, ideal to a lot of people, but um, I think about, you know, a 16 year old girl coming in who shows me a ton of like pictures from Instagram and Pinterest and wants to be like platinum and all these, you know, crazy things like that gives me severe anxiety. Um, I like just sort of like my routine. I like a pattern. And that's amazing. And you literally live a freaking chill AF stable and that's a lot of money because that frequency of visit is way Mm -hmm. different than those Mm -hmm. people who come in demand six hours of your time and you see them once twice a year yeah Yeah. i think that's the other reason why i have good relationships with my clients because i see them so much you know a lot of them i see every three weeks so it's literally like, oh, what's happened in the last three weeks? Like, I know everything going on in their lives. It's a completely different vibe. It is, absolutely. Of a stylist. It's just a completely different vibe because, like, 
when people think of doing hair today, especially if you get out of hair school and you're on Instagram and you look at like what influencers do, even what I do, it's a completely different lifestyle and vibe and work life. Like it's a completely different job. Yes. And I would not trade it for anything. You know, I think, you know, seeing you as an entrepreneur and everything you do and you've accomplished and, you know, you work your ass off for everything you have and have accomplished. Um, I could never do it. I don't have the discipline or the energy or um, even like the want to. Right. To have that, you know, and, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think some people kind of shame somebody who's maybe in my position because you know you're like oh you're not growing or don't you want more don't you want to be more famous like no I don't I just want to have great clients in my chair that I love who love me and I can pay my bills doing it so have you heard the six human needs Um, have you heard me talk about this so Okay. I don't think so. So my coaching training that I do through Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's, it's like this coaching program that I'm working through at this time. And it's based on the six Mm -hmm. human needs. So the six human needs are needs that all humans have. So there's certainty. So the need for certainty, comfort, consistency, uncertainty for variety is the spice of life significance, feeling important, like you matter, like you're making a difference, connection and love, growth and contribution. And my, they say that the top two needs that are yours dictate your whole fucking life. And my top two needs, I could send you the quiz if you'd ever feel like taking it. It's super interesting, but I already know what yours are by knowing you. (laughs) But, um, and I'm sure if I tell you what I think, you'd be like, duh. But like my needs are growth is number one and significance is number two. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to feel like when I die that I made like a massive fucking difference to like the world and I want to feel, and that's my need. You know what I mean? That's not something that everyone has to look up to. Yeah. That's not like normal. You know what I mean? And it honestly comes from a lot of childhood stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it dictates our life. And Turn then, um, yeah, totally. And then number one is growth. <laughs> so like I, if I'm not growing, I'm not like, I feel like unfulfilled. It's a little, it's a little mm-hmm. in- intense. And like, I would say just by talking to you, Brian, that your top would be connection and love and certainty. Yep, Absolutely. And it's like, we have two completely different lives and we're great friends Mm -hmm. and we love our lives and it's just different strokes for different folks. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's a completely different life. And can you see how a stylist with different needs would have a completely different life? Absolutely. So I don't think, yeah, it's just interesting. And like, I, when you, the reason I brought that up is because when you said like, sometimes people shame a stylist like me, like, don't you want to grow? But like, didn't you just do a price increase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're totally growing. It doesn't mean you have to have a billion followers. It's like so different. Yeah. Followers, and I think, sorry, followers is significance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the frequency of visit and connection is those relationships that are like your, that's like meeting needs in a whole new level. And that's also growth because even if you're, 
you know, you're fully booked maybe, but like just by evolving your relationship and advancing your relationship, even with one client, you're ensuring even more every time that they're going to stay with you. Totally. You're building loyalty. That's, that's growth to me too. It is. It's a hundred percent growth. And like, they say like if an action or a person can meet all three or can meet three or more of your needs, then they will become addicting. So like, it's just such an interesting concept because think about somebody who values the same needs as you and the same needs as me, but they're using unhealthy avenues to meet those needs. That's where my coaching Mm -hmm. comes in is like you brainstorm and you try to figure out like, how can we replace these unhealthy needs with healthy needs? Like for me with smoking cigarettes, it was certainty. Mm -hmm. It was, um, connection with myself like the Mm -hmm. two minutes with myself and then even socially with others. Like that's how I would connect to the team outside is chain smoking. And then it just the addiction to nicotine, but because it met three or more needs, that's why it was so hard to quit even like on top of the nicotine. So that's an unhealthy way to meet my need for connection and for certainty. And, but there's other healthy ways, you know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. super interesting. Yeah, definitely. And your relationships with your guests, your consultation can meet the need three or more needs. We were just talking about this at my class on Sunday. Um, I do like this whole segment about customer loyalty and building relationships and guest experience using the six human needs and trying to like exceed their needs so that all of your clients mm-hmm. become addicted to you. And it's just so yeah. awesome that we talked, I talked about it on Sunday and then us talking about it today. I'm just like, I get blown away by it like every time. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I love it. So when we were at GBH, Mm -hmm. things started to kind of change. And I was like totally inspired by one of my mentors. His name is Victor Val about, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like wanting to close the salon because I was traveling and it was like, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I just wanted my independence, too, and to be able to follow my dreams. And you know me so well, so you know that's, like, all in good, you know. But Victor was just like, no, you have to open a rental salon. It has to be 30 chairs, and it will be a community. (laughs) And I was like, okay, and I literally did it. And you were the first person to work at the network. Mm -hmm. And talk about going rental. So... I think, um, you know, I do want to kind of backtrack a little bit to GBH because I think I felt a little bit pressured to grow and what I thought the only option for growth was. And so I thought, you know, if I can do something else instead of, you know, just pumping out more clients and working more hours and charging more money, you know, I can grow and still be happy. I don't want to kill myself behind the chair. Like, I'm still young, but like, you know, I've been doing it for almost 15 years. Like, I'm tired. That you was know, a big I don't want to have to. Yeah, that was a big thing with um, strategies and with GBH yeah. is when we had people who were doing hair for a long time, strategies would always say this. I don't know if you remember. They said every person you hire comes with two hands and a free brain two hands and a brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing to utilize and like embrace their full potential? And you were eventually doing hair, what, three days a week? Yeah. Three days, three days. And you were doing leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, because I started going to strategies classes, I thought, okay, I definitely can have another role in the industry, in this specific salon even, and not have to kill myself and work like until nine o'clock at night and then wake up and be there at nine o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so I went into a leadership position and um, I, I saw myself kind of running your salon. That's what I pictured. Like Gina can go and do her traveling and I've got everything else. It's good. It's going to be great. Um, but I very quickly realized that although relationships are very important to me, being in, um, a managerial role was, to be honest, my worst nightmare because I had to be the bad guy and I hate it. I hated it. Um, remember I had you fire someone. I'm so sorry. I still think about that to this day. Do you know how many people I fired? It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's just not for me. It's for some people. It's not for me. Well, you know and what? So it's like the relationships that you have with your guest are like this mutually beneficial, amazing relationship where you're there to serve them. They're, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing their hair, you're providing a service, and it's just extra the relationship. Yeah. When you're in a managerial role, like you need the outcome. Like yes. you're paying people. Like yeah, I think the issue. The issue was that, um, you know, I was excited because I had a lot of experience and I was excited to take these kids who were not kids, but, you know, new stylists who were younger than me. I wanted to share what I knew because I saw how much I grew and I was like, yes, I can share what I'm doing and what helped me. And then they wouldn't take it or they still wouldn't listen or they would resist. And I was like, oh, it's not all just like fun and happiness it's hard it's so work um it was not fulfilling to me and so you know i knew that you were opening network and i knew that for you know 10 years at least before that i knew that being with my clients is what really fulfilled me the most so why wouldn't i do that again i have chills being (laughs) with your clients is what fulfills you the most yeah it does and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, leadership is an extremely difficult job. You know, and I'll even say, like, for me, I have a few employees now. My salon did the best. GBH did the best when we had under six employees. Yeah. And I think that when you get between six and 16 employees, six and 20 is really hard to manage. And then once you like get through that and you have like 20 and up, it just gets easier because it's just like, you have to have a solid system. And I think Mm -hmm. that the hardest thing about having employees is the systems and accountability. And like, just like, especially in a salon, like just trying to make everybody happy. And I think that that was like the hardest thing for me is because like, I was super codependent in my salon. Like I needed Mm -hmm. everybody to be happy. And I never accepted that. Like you can't make everybody happy. And like, I would try and like, it was just such a difficult experience. And I think that having employees, like I'm still scarred from that. I have a few and I can manage that. 
Sure. And they know me. And I think my, my big thing that's different is like, I'm super like straight with them of just mm-hmm. like, we don't have to do this. Like it's an opportunity. Yeah. Like, well, we don't have to do this. And, you know, I think that in the industry, especially nowadays when, you know, rental is huge, it's widely, widely known and salon owners with employees, they always have that fear of being abandoned. Yeah. And it's like, makes it even harder. Right. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it is sure. intense. And I'm glad that you shared that like experience. Cause it's not all it's cracked up to be. No, definitely not. I thought it was the answer to everything. Um, and it was not. And I, you know, I loved going to the classes and working with strategies. I think it's an amazing company and they do a lot of incredible things for a lot of people. Um, and I will always credit what I learned there to, you know, partially to helping me with becoming a renter because, um, you know, I have so much information from them that just helps me know where I need to be numbers wise. That was never a thing. I hated numbers. I hated math. I hated all that stuff. Um, but I kind of grew to learn, like, you need to know this stuff and love this stuff because you need to know where you stand. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot. Even as a renter, I, I take a lot of that with me. Yeah. I learned so much from strategies. Um, Mm -hmm. they helped me so much with my foundation, just the foundation of just like business. And I hope to pass that along as like, you know, like how passionate I am about business and helping people. It's like that foundation is so key. And if you don't know where you are on the map, how are you going to grow? Right. How are you going to get to where you want to be if you don't even know where you are? So just knowing those numbers. And that was a huge role of yours. We were doing the weekly check-ins with the report cards. And like, just to have every team member know. And we had like a letter grade, like A, B, C, D, F. Mm -hmm. And like, because hairstylists hate numbers. Yeah. For the most part, not all. Some. And just to have that, those tools. And like, I'm sure that that was like eye opening for you to be like, okay, this is like, absolutely, yeah. And then coaching. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Coaching it's, is very hard. Yeah, um, it's too much. Yeah. So implementing what strategies taught me when it came to being like an employee manager, um, you know, actually implementing that with actual employees that's where I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but I learned, I tried, I took a chance. And, you know, maybe that's not the path I ended up taking, ultimately. But I think what I learned getting me there has also helped me down the path I did end up going. So it's all for all a, a positive reason. experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all for a reason. And I love your journey so much, Brian. Like, I'm so glad we got to do this because like you've kind of done it all like you've had a lot of different experiences in the industry and it all brought you back to what you love to do and i think that that's a beautiful message for anyone listening it's like this career can take you anywhere but never forget what it is that really brings you joy yeah for sure i love it so this was amazing brian thank you so much for your time yeah thanks for having me i had a lot of fun yeah, it's really fun. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Brian, where can they follow you? Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Hair. 
and you can see some of my really cute little bobs on there. That's my favorite. Yeah, Brian is amazing at cutting bobs. Thank you. Crispy, crispy bobs. I love it. Well, Brian, I hope you have an amazing day. I know you've got to get to work. And thank you so much for making the time. This was awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you learned something about building a loyal clientele and building those relationships. And I hope that if maybe you're not motivated or maybe you don't value as much as other things, the growth and the grind and the hustle and the X, Y, Z, like there is always a little bit of hustle and everything that we do. But maybe that's not what you're looking for. Maybe being an Instagram famous person isn't what you're looking for. Maybe you do feel as Brian does and get that joy from your guests. And it's okay. You know, we compare ourselves all the time to people. All of us do. And I really think that this episode, I mean, inspired me to just know that there's so many different kinds of stylists. There's so many different ways this job can look. And they're all amazing. And that's why I love our industry so much. Fully agree. Love it. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you, Brian. I hope you all have an amazing day and we'll see you on the next one. Hey, everybody. I want to remind you before we go that I'm going on tour. So I'll be traveling to 12 cities starting in August and going through November. I'll be going to Tampa, Florida at Smith and Maine. I'll be going to Orlando at Educe Salon, Fort Lauderdale, Hair Circus Freaks, Oakhurst, White Opal Hair. Miami, Emilio Briet Salon, Houston, Kaleido Hair, Atlanta, Jacob Kahn Hair, Las Vegas, J. Rua Glam Hair Salon, Salt Lake City at Create the Collective, Claremont, we're coming back to Cut House, and San Diego, we're going to my mentor and coach and idol salon, Robert Cromies. We're going to wrap up the tour at home at the Network Salon in Plansville for a hands-on class. It's going to be awesome. This class covers foiling, foliage, toning, pricing, consultation, Q&A, business, boundaries, everything. We are going to go in and it is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to meet you all. If you want to get a ticket, feel free to click the link in my bio on Instagram or as always, you could visit thenetworksalon.com. Hope to see you on tour. This episode is produced by Alora Media.